Welcome to The Bible is Lit, Storytime, a cool paraphrase of the Bible for cool kids by a youth pastor who's not cool, or a kid. I'm Pastor Jean-Daniel, and this is Genesis chapter 2. So, yeah, the whole universe was complete. The sum totality of all energy and matter, and antimatter and dark matter, and we don't even know it matters, all in their appointed places. Space, time, and existence themselves. On the seventh day, then, God stopped working. God blessed the seventh day. Just as God had separated spheres of space, so now too with time. Rest is special. Pausing is sacred. Stopping is holy. Ceaseless hustle culture is not God's. God worked. God rested. And it is only after God created pausing, looking at what you have already done, being content in it, and resting, Only then do we say, that is how the universe was made. And now, rewind, creation from another angle. At first, when God made all the everythings, there were no plants and nothing sprouting up because God had not yet sent rain. You can't say God didn't make rain just because God hasn't gotten to it yet, Mrs. Landingham. And there was nobody to cultivate the land. I mean, nature without human intervention? (laughs) Don't be absurd. Water would come up from the ground and muddy the earth. God took some of that clay, that lumpy, lifeless muck, and breathed, inspired holiness, godliness, godness, life into that clay, sculpture's nostrils, and then the clay went from a sculpture to a man. From a shape to life. You're a real boy now. God planted a garden in Eden. A delightful place. Whose name means a delightful place in the East. And in that garden, God put that first of all dudes. And God filled it with trees because it's a manly lumberjack kind of garden. And all of those trees were full of absolutely mouth-wateringly delicious fruit. I invite you to close your eyes. Inhale deeply. Exhale slowly. Imagine the rustling wind and the smell of your favorite fresh fruit as the sun shines on your perfectly sculpted body. Inhale. Exhale. Thank you. For enjoying Eden. God put two particularly special trees in the middle of this garden. The fruit of these arboreal blessings ain't no ordinary apple picking with the youth group on an October afternoon kind of mushy apple fruit. On one was a fruit that keeps you alive indefinitely. A tree of Life, if you will, Rapunzel's hair in nutritional form. And on the other, a fruit that gives you a deep and abiding knowledge of the difference of good and evil. There was a lovely babbling brook, because bubbling water is the source of all life in this pre-rainstorm utopia. Outside of Eden, it divided into four mighty, and very much historically real, rivers. Pishon, was the first around the country of Havilah. Why, I heard there's gold up in that country there. Also, there was very exclusive and fancy perfumes and precious and unique gems. 
If you are a perfectly sculpted naked man tending a garden who doesn't yet know what a woman is, but may want to impress her once you do, Pichon perfumes and precious gems, gifts for the lady of distinguished tastes, who will have literally no other choice than you anyway. The second river is the river Gihon around Kush, and there is absolutely nothing of note to say about it. The third is the river Tigris east of Assyria. The fourth is the Euphrates. This man in the garden was given by God two responsibilities. Guard it. Cultivate it. And given one rule. Eat all the fruit you want. Any fruit from any tree. They're absolutely divine. Do not eat, however, from the know-everything tree. Knowing everything is not delicious. And if you eat it, you will die. You don't know what death is, but if you eat it, you will learn what death is, and then you will death. And be dead. I'm telling you, don't eat that fruit. I gave you better fruit. This should not be complicated, even if you were born yesterday. Which you were. Having observed our man wandering around this garden for an indeterminate period of time, God said, it is not good for a man to live alone. We do not know what this man was doing, or spectacularly failing to do, all alone. If a man is wrong in a perfect paradise and has nobody to be wrong to, is he really wrong? God seems to say yes, even then. This man is alone. The sitch is no bueno. This is terrible. This man is cool and all, but I can make better. I will make a suitable partner for this fella, said God. And so God took some dirt, because after all, we're all dirt. First, God made all the other kinds of animals and burbies. And burbs. And assigned the man the new job of being a biologist and a taxonomist. That is to say, told him to name all the things. And so the man named the animals. Animals were great. Animals were awesome. And so we have the first pets. But our man here was not destined to be alone in a pile of fruit baskets and endless kitties and goats and otters to hang out with, or as I used to call it, the dream. God saw that the animals and the man were good pals, but not good as partners. Listen, remember fam, just because someone is super fun to hang out with and even awesome and cuddly and lovely and funny, that does not mean they need to be your primary partner forever. The Lord put the man in a deep, deep sleep. Possibly by assigning such a large and tiring biology class assignment, such as name all the things. Perhaps as punishment for naked mole rat. Maybe the man was sent to bed for that name. The text isn't specific, but the man fell asleep. In his sleep, God removed one of his ribs and used that to make a partner. Not one below or behind or beneath or above him, but a partner to be beside him. Beside him. A clear metaphor that you would have to be actively trying to be sexist to miss for a few centuries. The man, upon seeing the woman for the first time, in what can only be described as a never-repeated social miracle of a young man seeing a beautiful woman for the first time, spoke immediately and eloquently. At last, 
This animal is the same kind of animal that I am. We have the same bones and the same flesh. This is a woman. She came out of man. That's me. And this story is why men leave their parents and make new families with their wives. And they become one creation together. One more thing. This meet cute, this first biblical love story, it's not PG. Not technically. They were naked the whole time. Completely naked. And not at all embarrassed or ashamed about it. Thanks for listening to The Bible is Lit. I'm Pastor Jean-Daniel Odenica. I'd like to thank my patrons Veronica and Christopher. If you'd like to support this work, please give in any amount you can at patreon.com slash jeandanielod. patreon.com slash jeandanielod.